Today, today we're going to talk about fishing. I know everybody's excited about that. <clears throat> how, how, how many, I don't want to say fishermen. You can't even say fishermen anymore. It's fisher people. How many fisher people out there? Y'all like to fish? Okay, very good. All right, I'm going to read from uh, Matthew 13, and then we're going to talk a little bit about fishing. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it to shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, don't worry. I'm not going to talk about you getting thrown into the blazing furnace today. Uh, that, that'll be food for a different day. Uh, but today what I do want to talk about is, is fishing. Jesus talks a lot about fishing. Jesus talks a lot about fishing. Jesus, actually, when he, when he set out to recruit his team, he chose fishermen, a lot of fishermen to be a part of his team. And, and then he tells stories about fishing. He actually goes fishing uh, with his team, one of the last Stories that we know of, of Jesus with his team before he ascends, uh, recorded in the Gospel of John, is about fishing. Je they're out fishing, and Jesus is on the shore, and apparently he's already fished because he's cooking fish while they're out there trying to catch fish, and he calls them in. Uh, and that's where he gives Peter a chance uh, to uh, recant. Peter has denied him three times, and Jesus gives Peter a chance to confess his love for him three times. Now, when we think about fishing, we typically are thinking about, you know, a hook with some bait. We're thinking rod and reel, you know, or maybe fly fishing. But that's not, uh, that's not what fishing was like for Jesus. In Jesus' day, fishing was a little, you know, the kind of fishing that Jesus is talking about was an industry. And it was one of the most important industries of his day. And it's, it's still an important industry. It's just not what we think of. We, we tend to think of recreational fishing. And, and Jesus was not really referring to that. Um, the fishing of Jesus' day was done with a net, uh, not, not a hook with, with some bait. Uh, in fact, in the passage that we just read, Matthew 13, he compares the kingdom of God to a net. Now, if you look up a fishing net in the dictionary, it will tell you that it is a fabric made of interlocking threads by knotting and twisting them at the points where they cross each other. And the strength of the net depends on the twists and the knots made in it. The strength of the net depends on the twist and the knot. So to be a really fish-worthy net the net has to be pulled, and it has to be stretched into a place of strength. So, uh, as a church, uh, we want to be a net. Uh, we have a network of churches, uh, and as a network, we want to be a net. Now, you can, you can fish with a bait and a hook. You can, and as an individual, you, you can do that, and you can catch fish one at a time. And that's, it's kingdom worthy. You can do that. 
but as a network, we want to become the kind of net that can gather large numbers of fish. Now, uh, as a network, we want to be woven together as people and as churches. We want to be woven together uh, into a strong net that can catch fish and keep fish. So in Luke 5, Jesus tells a story, or, or we read a story where Jesus calls his disciples to go out into deep water and fish. And it's a crazy story. It's, it's, it's one of those stories that you kind of wish you were there, and then you kind of maybe uh, are glad that you're not there. But Jesus says, let's go into the deep. And then he says, let me show you where to throw the nets. And he tells them where to throw the nets. And they catch so many fish that the nets start to break, and the boats start to sink. And when the boat starts to sink, that's, that's maybe the part where you kind of are glad that you're not there. But there is some tension in that. Uh, if we want to be a strong net, the kind that doesn't break, we have to be willing to be stretched. The disciples' net broke, and the reason it broke is because they didn't expect and were not prepared for the catch that they made. They didn't anticipate that kind of catch, and so they weren't ready for it. Uh, one of the best pieces of advice I ever received, uh, heard from a pastor in Columbia, South America, he said, uh, prepare for success or it will ruin you when it comes. So to be ready requires that you be willing to be stretched and to be twisted. Sounds like fun, doesn't it? Yeah. I thought so too. In Jesus' day, fishing was done primarily with two kinds of nets. So there was a casting net, uh, and a casting net is, is used by one person. A casting net, uh, you can throw, one person throws it usually either from a boat or from a rock, and it has lead weights around the perimeter of the net. And you throw the net, and it settles into the water, and then there's a draw rope that you pull that closes the net up over the fish. And, and typically, this is used to catch bait fish. And then the other kind of net in Jesus' day was a drag net. Not, not the kind of drag net, you know, the TV show, not that, not that drag net. But the drag net was used usually between maybe two boats or from the shore to a boat, and you could spread it out over an area, and then just as its name says, you would drag the net across that area, and it would gather large numbers of fish. Now, a church can be a casting net. Uh, and uh, as I said earlier, uh, as individuals, you can fish with a bait and a hook. You can catch people one at a time, and that's certainly uh, a worthwhile adventure. Um, as a church, you can be a, a, a casting net where we throw over a small group of people. Maybe you have a small target audience that you're after, but but really as a body of believers like this and as a network of churches, we really want to be a dragnet. You want to be a dragnet. You want to be able to cover an area and make a catch, a larger catch. You want to 
have the potential to cover a large area and make a large catch. So a casting net has limited reach. It focuses on a small area and operates independently. A drag net requires a team. You, you can't operate a drag net by yourself. You just can't. And so churches uh, make up a drag net. Churches that make up a drag net don't have to necessarily be identical, but they do have to want the same thing. So we have eight churches in our network, and they're, they're not identical, but we have the same vision, the same values. We want the same thing. We're after the same thing. And so it's, it's like that in a body like this. We're not identical. You know, the guys that operate a dragnet, they don't have to be identical twins. They don't have to be exactly the same. But they do have to want the same thing. They have to be after the same thing. Now, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, nets. There's some things that we need to know about nets. If, if we want to be a net, if we want as a church to be fashioned into a dragnet, or if we want as a network of churches to be a dragnet, there's some things that we need to know about nets. First thing you need to know is that nets are made. I know we, we think nets are just, you just buy them in the store. They just magically appear in a store and you go in there and you buy them. But actually, nets are made. And just because you have a group of people or a group of churches doesn't necessarily mean that you have a net. Uh, to become a net, we have to be twisted and knotted together. And it doesn't happen overnight. Now, here's the shocking thing that uh, is a big surprise to a lot of us. This life is not supposed to be easy. It's not. I know we wish it was. But this life is not supposed to be easy. This life is supposed to stretch you and twist you and knot you together with other people. Difficulty does that. Easy life does not do that. Here's why it's important that you understand that this life is not supposed to be easy because the thing that you're called to, the mission that you've been given, the assignment that you have is too important to be entrusted to a flimsy net. And unless you're willing to be stretched and twisted and pulled and knotted, you can't acquire the strength necessary to pull in the fish. It's important that we understand that we have to be stretched in order to be strong. The problem with, with a lot of us is that because we want things to be easy, when things get difficult, we run. When things get difficult, we just run away. Uh, when things are you know, complicated or, or hard and we're having to work through things, we're having to push through things and it feels like we're being twisted and, and we're being knotted and we're being pulled, we would rather just leave and go to the fun place. 
than stay in the hard place. But it's the hard place, the place of difficulty, the place of twisting, the place of stretching, the place of pulling that produces the strength necessary to bring in the catch. Nets have to be made. Now, that the making of the net begins with a commitment to a person, the person of Jesus. That's, that's where it begins. It begins with a commitment to the person of Jesus, surrender to his will, both for us personally and corporately. And that commitment to a person leads then to a commitment to people. In order to be a net, we have to make a commitment. We have to have a commitment to the person of Jesus, and then we have to have a commitment to the people that we are looking to be fashioned into a net with. We have to be committed to each other, and that commitment to people then will lead to your commitment to a purpose or an assignment. And you will become, as the net is made, you will become people who are devoted to Jesus, devoted to each other, and committed to a shared vision, shared values, and a shared passion. And when that happens, you can be a net. But nets have to be made. They just don't automatically happen. You can't buy them in a store. Second thing that you need to know about nets is that nets have to be washed. Nets have to be washed. Titus 3, 5, uh, the second part of verse 5 says, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously. Nets have to be washed. If you don't wash a net, it gets debris in it, it gets dirty, and that dirt and that grit will compromise the strength of the net. It will compromise the fabric of the net. So it has to be washed. After every usage, after every usage, it is washed. If you ever come to a night healing prayer, after we've spent a night praying for people, guess what we do? We pray for ourselves. We are washed through encounter through the outpouring, the generous outpouring, the saturating outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it's important. It's really important that you be washed. But you also have to understand that life is not just about washing. Some of us love being washed so much, that's all we want to do. We just want to be washed all the time. We just want to spend our whole life an encounter, but not realizing that God gives us encounter because he does something in us so he can do something through us. Amen. And we just want to go, oh, I, just want to, I just want some more of that doing in me. You know, that's how we get fat. So nets have to be washed. And as a net, we're washed through times of encounter by keeping an attitude of humility and repentance. I can't afford to be so focused on the purpose that I forget about the person. Can't. Uh, sometimes we do. Sometimes we get locked in. You know, I picked on the people that love to just stay in encounter. Let me pick on the people that just like to do stuff. <laughs> it's more than just doing stuff. 
It's a combination. You got to have a proper connection with the person as well as a commitment to the purpose. Uh, Y'all know my favorite quote, right? Banning Leapshire. The difference between people that do stuff and people that don't do stuff is that people that do stuff do stuff. So, nets have to be washed. The third thing we need to know about nets is that nets have to be mended. Nets have to be mended. After each period of fishing, nets are washed and they're mended. Do you know how they're mended? The first thing in the mending process is stretching. You know why they're stretched? To find the weak spots. You pull the net as tight as you can to see if you can break it. Sound like fun? If, I, if I'm the net and if you're the net, does that sound like fun? Let's pull each other just as tight as we can and just see if we can be broken. This is why church is important. This is why small groups are important. This is why living life together as believers is important because you want your net to be broken in a small group of your closest friends, not in the public arena. You would much rather your net be broken on the shore than in the lake. But your net needs to be stretched. You have to be stretched to find the weaknesses, to find the breaks, to find the places that need to be reinforced. If you have a break in the net, you definitely want it to happen on the shore, not out at sea. Now, there are three things that I want to mention that cause breaks in the net. If you want to find, don't, don't try to find other people in these three things. And for, and for God's sake, don't try to find your spouse, okay? Just find yourself. Three, three things that cause breaks. Number one is an independent spirit. You know what an independent spirit says? I know everybody's going that way, but I'm going to go this way. I feel called to go this way. Independent spirit's not necessarily evil or sinful, it's just not cooperative. And, and so while everybody's trying to go this way, independent spirit just goes off on their own. I'm almost going to confess to you that sometimes leading a church is kind of like herding cats. <laughs> because, and, and you know it's worse I'm just, I'm just going to tell you the truth. It's worse when you have good people. It is. Because you guys, all of you, are so amazing, and you have so many great ideas that to try to do all of the ideas that come from this group is like herding cats. So... 
An independent spirit just says, okay, the whole team is going that way, but I'm going to go over here. A second thing that can cause a break is hidden sin. Hidden sin. Sin that remains hidden will eventually cost you some fish. It will. It will cost you fish because character flaws leave gaping holes and gaps in the net. Now, being vulnerable and being transparent, letting people into your business, that's a stretch for some. That's a big stretch for some. But it's one of the best ways to discover the weaknesses in the net. You want a strong net? Be vulnerable. Be honest. Be open. Want a weak net? Want a flimsy net? Want a net that has gaps and holes in it that you don't know about? Then stay hidden. Isolate yourself. If you insist on hiding your sins, your choices are become a place that weakens the net or take on an independent spirit and move away from the net. Those are your choices, only choices. Now, the third thing that causes breaks in the nets is a critical spirit. You know what the difference is between a critical spirit and an independent spirit? Independence, independent spirit says, everybody's going that way, I'm going to go this way. The critical spirit says, I don't want to go that way, but I'm going to go that way, but I'm going to complain the whole time. <laughs> Jack Taylor, he, he preached at Riverstone years ago. Uh, some of you know who Jack Taylor is. Um, he, he, may, he, he may be with Jesus, I'm not even sure. But this was like 20 years ago, Jack Taylor preached here, and this is what he said. When God moves, if you'd rather evaluate than participate, you might be a Pharisee. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I said then. Listen, it's not that we want to be unquestioned. We welcome questions. We welcome sincere, seeking, hungry hearts. We just don't like whiners. That's the truth. And a critical spirit is just complains not just about one thing, but about everything. Everything. So, when it comes, to being a net, we have to be willing to push through hard things. God puts a group of people together, and like I said, he doesn't call us into a life that's easy. He intentionally draws us into and leads us into places that are difficult. You show me, search the scriptures, find a person in the scriptures who had influence and impact for the kingdom whose life was nothing but easy. (laughs) I haven't found them. 
In fact, Paul says rejoice over suffering. Do you know why we're supposed to rejoice over suffering? It's not because we're gluttons for punishment. When you go through hardship, do you know what that means? We just sang it. It means you're worthy. It means God has looked at you and said, that's somebody that I'm going to stretch because that's somebody that I can use. That's somebody that I will stretch and twist and knot together with this other person that I'm going to stretch and twist and knot, with that person that I'm going to stretch and twist and knot, and I'm going to, eventually I'm going to have a whole network of people that I have stretched and twisted and knotted together into a net that can be used for the kingdom. Easy life, flimsy net. Difficulty produces strength. The best way is to keep the enemy from stealing your influence is to give yourself to the process and the purpose of God. And as far as Annette is concerned, there are two basic things that you can do. Number one is to be saturated on a regular basis by generous outpourings of the Holy Spirit. And number two, make sure that your life is twisted and knotted and stretched. When it gets hard, don't run away. When somebody does something that hurts your feelings or, or offends you, don't run away, even if that person is standing right here. Don't run away. Be willing to be stretched. Be willing to be knotted so that we can become a net. The difficulty is worth it. Our calling, our assignment, the thing that God has set before us is important enough to endure stretching and nodding and twisting. It's worth it. It is worth it. And those who follow, who will come into the kingdom, because you were willing, they will definitely say, it was worth it. It was worth it. Now, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, today, uh, there's some who just need a generous outpouring. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to hearts that need to be refreshed, that need to be renewed. Um, there are others who, who maybe just need to take a step of, of being vulnerable. Maybe they've never asked for prayer before, never come for prayer before, and that would be a first step towards uh, being vulnerable and, and, and not hiding. 
or whatever it is that people need today, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would lead and that we would say yes, that we wouldn't pull away and run away, but we would allow you to lead us into the process in whatever place you desire. So I pray simply, Lord, for hearts that will say yes. Not my will, but your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna ask our teams if they would come and get in place. And uh, Austin's gonna lead us in a bit of worship. And uh, we'll have people here ready to pray for you. Let Let me say this. I want you to use this time. <clears throat> I want to say clearly that the service is not over yet. Um, and so use this time. Uh, allow God to speak to you. If you want to stand and worship, feel free to do that. If you want to sit and pray and reflect or just listen to the Holy Spirit, do that. Uh, but don't let this time pass as just some time that needs to pass so the service will be over and you can go to lunch. This is maybe the most important part of what we've done today. And so, tune your heart to him. Open your ears to what he wants to say to you. Listen to God and do what